Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So many times we meet a member of the community not realising what they do in their spare time. Today on the Martyr Review and Us, we chat to one such gentleman, Clem Fechner. This is Smooth as Silk. Clem, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I first met you, now not realising who you were, um... I would have been a young tacker back then, probably eight, nine, or ten. Right. You worked in a shoe shop in Kingaroy Street. That's right. Called She Shoes. She Shoes. Yes, yeah, is that right? Yeah. Now I remember the shop distinctly. You would walk in, the bulkhead was over you. It was quite a dark-looking uh, store. Mm-hmm. The back of the store was just packed from floor to ceiling with shoes. There was a a ladder that you used to run up to get the shoes down. And when you turned around and looked at the bulkhead, there was shoes all in there as well. I I don't know why that memory or or that shop brings such fond memories to me. Or Maybe it's my late dad. He bought me a pair of what he would call desert boots Right back in the day. So how long did you work there for? Six and a half years. Yeah, right. Yes. And was it a good time? Was it a good job? It was a good job. It was, well, we owned the place, my wife and I, but uh, uh, business changes. Um, When we started, there was uh, one other shoe shop in Kingaroy, then there became two others. Then uh, a certain grocery chain introduced shoes, and the old story, of course, is they were selling them cheaper than I was able to buy them. Correct. And they were being supplied by the same wholesaler. Right. So, and then there was a competition started up in Nanango, and I could see no future. So I held a clearing out sale, and that was it. Now, look, not only did you work there, um, then when I was in high school, you uh, were working at Kimroy State High. That's right. As well, yep. yes. Uh, in the office there. A library aid. Oh, the library aid. Yes. Is that right? Oh, See, yes. I, there's some things I don't ever remember. Um, I never got into uh, trouble, did I? I can't remember that. Yes. Yeah, you see, you're talking to someone who's tender years now, so yes. my memory's rotten too. So. <laughs> uh, wonderful. And how long were you there for? About two and a half years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, look, before that, your real work, or the, the, the work that has got us to this point here, you worked... Uh, for 4SB yes. back in the day, yes, uh, which was probably the only radio station back then. Is that correct? It was, yes. yes. As an announcer. And now, look, listening to your voice, we can see why you were an announcer at 4SB. Well, you're very kind. I, I can't stand the sound of my own voice. <laughs> is that right? It is correct, yes. It's so terrible. It, it's not terrible. This is, this is why when... Look, I met up with uh, Clem again uh, last week or a week or so ago at uh, Probus. I was a guest speaker there and you came up and we started discussing. And I had forgotten or I didn't realise how beautiful your voice was, which is the name of today's show, Smooth as Silk. It's funny how people don't like the sound of their own voices. Has that been even when you worked in radio? Even when I worked in radio, I, I people would 
comment and say, oh, gee, I like your voice. And I thought, A, they're just being very nice, or if they're genuine, well, then that's something to be happy about. But I couldn't understand why they would say it, because when I heard recordings of my own voice, I thought, that's pathetic. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because, again, you know, it's, you speak beautifully, and this, the, the, the tone of your voice uh, just would make many people melt. Um, so, uh, in radio, what sort of shows did you host uh, while you were in there? Oh, well, everything. In those days, radio was everything to everyone. Uh, for SB, it was uh, 1,060 kilocycles then, not 1071. Right. They changed the band some years later. Uh, in those days, it was just part of the, the family. Um, when I started, I thought, how am I going to make myself sound genuine to the listeners? Because you're in every home around the region every day. And so I always visualised in front of the microphone a family, and I was speaking to them. And I thought, well, by doing that, at least it will sound as though I'm talking to you who is listening. That is amazing because... Really, radio was the lifeblood of community back then. The it paper, was. yes, but the the radio. Everyone uh, would tune into the radio to to find out what was happening in the region. We did everything. We we had um, hospital sessions in which we s played requests and s sent messages from people to their loved ones who were in hospital. We had birthday calls every yes. day of the week. We had funeral notices every day of the week, and so on it went. We gave weather forecasts. We gave everything that the farm and community needed. Did you have your own newsroom as well? No, no. We, we used to get news items in cooperation with the local newspapers. Yep. It was the Kingaroy Herald and then later the South Bernard Times. Yep. Isn't it funny you mentioned the birthday calls? I remember in the 80s, getting my birthday call on 1071. Hmm. Uh, no, I think it was still 4SB back then. Yes. Um, and just thinking I was the bee's knees. Like, yes. You know, yeah. um, and, and I don't think kids or kids these days realise how cool that was because everyone would listen That's right. in the morning and you would get to school and go, oh, I heard your name on the radio. Yeah. That's right. Like, now they've got, you know, video and all that sort of stuff. It, 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 it isn't as important. Do you wish it would go back to that sort of I wish it era? was. It was a simpler life, a, a, a slower lifestyle than we have today, but there were many pluses for it. Um, yes, everybody felt closer, I think. Um, you know, we used to have request sessions for favourite songs yep. in, in the afternoon. We had Help Your Neighbour, in which people would send in items that they had for sale at a small fee, and we would broadcast that for free and they, if someone wished to contact them, they could phone into the station and we'd give them the details. Uh, Absolutely. It just was a whole community service. Yes. And, and that was the idea of the station then. So, and so that's, it was a community service, not yes. a business as such, that's right. as uh, commercial radio has become these days. That's right. Now, with that uh, and, and your time in radio, you, uh, you did leave radio for a short time. Um, during uh, your career, um, you worked for uh, Shell um, for some time, is that correct as well? Yes, I was five years as a representative for Shell Company. Yep. And uh, I was based in Biloela most of that time once I'd finished my training. 
and uh, then after that I came back to Forest for his manager. Right. The reason I've got you uh, on the show today, as I said, we, we spoke at Probus, and you mentioned that you do something that I didn't realise happened in the world. I knew there was audio books, but I didn't realise people narrated books as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how you actually got into it? Yes, well, I was. my last job was with uh, a local motor dealership. I can tell you who it was. It was John Dundas, Proprietary Limited. I was with John for, in both his locations for about eight and a half years. And I knew that retirement time was coming up. And I thought, well, I used to be in radio and I can read books and I can usually read off the cuff without prior examination of a script because of my radio days. You, yes. have, you pick up a script and you You had to read, read it. it. And I, can I interrupt with a funny story? Yes, there? absolutely. I had an announcer, and I, ha I hope he's not listening, I had an announcer who would never pre-read his scripts, and that was a no-no. You must pre-read it. The owner of the business whose uh, ad you are about to read is paying for that. Yes. And you can look at it as a $20 note, so pre-read it. And this chap would never do it. Is that is that how much it cost for an ad back then, $20? Oh, some of them were less than yeah, that. Yeah, wow. And you had your uh, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, uh, or they went by uh, wordage. Yes. 50 words, uh, 25 words, 100 words. Uh -huh. But anyway, this came round to uh, April Fool's Day. And I thought, I'm going to get this chap. This so, doesn't sound like it's going to end well, Clem. <laughs> not for him anyway. <laughs> so I typed out a commercial and the start of it sounded like a real commercial. And the finished article was slipped in between his others and it was on the schedule and he should have read that it didn't exist. <laughs> but he started to read and he kept on reading and it got to the stage where it says, if you are still reading this... <laughs> then you have not pre-read this announcement, and therefore and this you is live. This is live. <laughs> so he was caught beautifully. That is the <laughs> best. And 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 look, I, I guess you probably wouldn't get away with that these days, you know, because I guess everything is so pre-recorded. That's right. Um, especially for radio ads, That's even true. the live read is pre-recorded. Clem, that is fantastic. Can you tell us who the uh, announcer was? I can't remember. Oh, name. there you go. <laughs> it was terrible. Lucky uh, for him then. <laughs> that's right. No, he, I don't know where he is. It's a long time ago. Yes. Um, I can't think of how long he, it is. He's probably uh, still hunting you down to, to, <laughs> to get you back. He could be. So, <laughs> Sorry. No, that, look, I, I'm so <laughs> that, glad that, you... That was a diversion. Yeah, because, look, I worked in radio myself. I, I, I worked for... Uh, Back then, it was 1071 and uh, CFM. It was owned by the Reg Grundy Network. And, and, and look, it, it's a fun place to work, and yes. you do learn a lot of stuff. Um, and and I, I remember reading ads myself and, and you know reading it five, six, seven times and then going to read it and still getting it wrong. So yes. as you just mentioned, you being able to read off the cuff, that's a, a talent in itself. So how did this happen? You, you, you mentioned that you wanted to do something. Yes. Your retirement was coming Sorry, up. Sorry, yes. And um, so you wanted to do something. I wanted to do, to do something along those, those lines. I thought, well, uh, there are a lot of... Uh, I, I started off thinking blind people because that was the term. And there was the Blind Association or Royal Blind... Point? 
Yes. Uh, Royal Blind... I, I can't I think, think of the name. It might have been Royal Blind Association. Yes. Anyway, they handled everything for the blind. And so it was about six months before retirement was due, and I thought, I'll see if they're looking for people to do this. And I sent them a lengthy email setting out my uh, capabilities, uh, or, or whatever you like to call them, and asking if they were interested in having anyone do this service. And they never replied. I thought, well, if that's how you feel, too bad. Yep. Anyway, I then retired some eight months later, and after a couple of months I thought, well, oh, I feel the need to try to do something about this, but I won't contact them, I'll see if there's someone else. And I went through online and I found a, a body in Brisbane, the Queensland Narrating Service. And they had started out uh, some 50 odd years before and they were doing this. So I thought, well, I'm not going to fall into the trap of sending a three page email off to them. I'll just send a very few lines and say, I'm an ex radio announcer. Uh, do you require narrators to turn books into audio books? And within half an hour, I had a response. Uh, yes, please. Uh, what you have to do is we'll send you a, a, a sample to read and you put it on your little cassette recorder and send it back to us. We know the quality won't be very great, but from that we'll see whether you are suitable material. So we did that and that was it. So what year did this first start? Uh, my first book was finished about November 2003. Yes. And how long does it take, on average, like on obviously some books are longer than others, Yes. but let's talk hour-wise, how many hours would you spend narrating a book and then editing uh, to send away? Well, you don't normally, the, the narrator in, with QNS doesn't normally produce the book. Right. They just produce the sound files okay. for the chapters. And... The way I do it is to record a rough draft onto a computer, a laptop, so there's no noise, and then I edit it. The editing takes two and a half times the length of the original draft copy. Right. Now, if you're looking at, a, say, a 200-page book, well, you're looking at probably about 30 hours' work. If you're looking at 800, well, you're looking at around 100 hours yes. or more work. And that's the way it is. And I just actually was looking online this morning at uh, a place that does narrations, and they stated that the finished article is normally four times the actual finished product. So an hour to do 15 minutes of finished product. Yeah, well. And that is right. And, and do you just sort of sit down in, in one session and, 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 or do you just say, OK, I've got time today to read a chapter, and you read a chapter... Um, or a number of pages. How, what's the process? How do you go about doing that? Well, I, I say today is the time I'm going to start doing some. I've got spare time, so I start recording. And uh, if I only get part way through it, well, then, of course, I have to save that file and then come back later. It's best if you can do a whole chapter at a time, but some chapters are very long. And normally you should only do about two hours at a time to preserve your voice. That's not always the case, of course. But it um, is a matter of going back then later and editing out all the faults. Yes. Um, as you're doing it in your home, in a room, and my room is on the opposite side of the house from the road, I have to have the front doors and all those doors shut, the door into my study shut, 
and then you hear vroom go past. <laughs> yes. Uh, as we have a few of those on yeah. our. And it street. always happens <laughs> in the middle of recording. And another thing that happens, you'll start recording, and I will guarantee that within two minutes, there will be a plane flying around. <laughs> and, and we have it. <laughs> and they will circle. Yes. <laughs> Every time. It, there's no planes in Kingaroy, but no. that happens. Or a helicopter comes yep. into the hospital. The hospital, yeah, for sure. Or there are currawongs, there are magpies, there are kookaburras. And of course, you don't, you can't have that, that backing sound. No. You, it just needs to be the crisp, clear, uh, dulcet tones of your beautiful voice reading these books. Do I say stop it? I like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sure can. So where do people uh, actually get to download and listen to these um, um, narration of, of books? Well, QNS as such um, operates with um, volunteer narrators and they receive from the volunteer narrators these completed files. They then turn them into books. They The covers are made by the Queensland University right. uh, to help them out. Uh, they only, only have two part-time employees and they're a non-profit organisation. They had, have very little funding. The government currently is giving them some funding. It used to be only by public, uh, private donations that they could exist. And back 12 months ago, they were going to have to close after 75 years because wow. they didn't have the finance. And fortunately, by going through the right circles, the government has given them the funding for two years. But at the end of that, it has to be renegotiated or they don't exist and this service will not exist. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> they, when they get these files, they make them into these books and they are sold to libraries or individuals. Okay. They have an online website. There they advertise their catalogues uh, with their various narrators and what they've done. And you can, you can buy them there or if you want a specific book narrated for yourself that can be done uh, lots of jobs are done for schools i've done a number of high wow. school books yes uh, uh, at one stage the tafe was having every uh, study course narrated right ready and i think that still continues so there's all these services uh, i've narrated uh, sound files that you hear in uh, train stations airports <gasps> bus stations uh, telling the people where to go. Because it's not just blind you're dealing with. Yes. You're dealing with incapacitated, wow. um, dyslexic people, yes. uh, quadriplegics, paraplegics, illiterate people. Uh, they are all affected and they all need this. People who cannot hold a book for yes. whatever reason. Yeah, for sure. So who chooses the books? Do you just choose the books or do you get uh, asked, do they, uh, does the Queensland Rating Service send you the books that they want read? The Queensland Narrating Service has a series uh, of publishers with whom they deal because they have to get copyright yes. uh, permission to be able to narrate these books. Uh, those publishers have changed over the years and sometimes it's difficult. There's Queensland University Press, there's Central Queensland University Press, there's... Um, thousands of I was going to say, a bazillion <laughs> others. Many others. but. Uh, they receive these books, they have to be donated to the QNS to have them narrated. They then have a narrator who's looking for a job and they say, well, right, we've got this, 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 and a little pricey. And if the narrator's got 
a bit of nous, he gets online and he looks up Amazon books and they generally have a look inside section so you can actually look yes. at the first chapter of right. the book and say, well, no, I don't like that. Yep. So obviously you need to have some interest in the book you're reading. Well, it helps. Yes. But I think the main idea is that you realise you're doing it as a service to someone and someone will be needing this. How does it make you feel? It makes you feel good that you have helped someone. Plus, you get the kick that when you get a good book, you enjoy it too. And, and you, you, you actually enjoy, you actually get into the, 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 the book oh, some when are, you're reading it? Some are fantastic. So it's really great sometimes. Some marvellous uh, books. Clem, I think since we're in the library, I need to just grab a book off the shelf and get you to read a paragraph just so people can hear your beautiful voice. Oh, this is putting me on the spot. Okay, I'm just going it, to... It's got to have punctuation marks in it. Okay, I, I'm, <laughs> so not a picture book? Okay. No. no. <laughs> I'm just... I, I, I said that punctuation because, would you believe it, punctuation marks are becoming less and less, and I was sent one book which had full stops only. Is that right? And I sent it back. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find something. I'm just going to walk through oh. the library here. Um, I don't know. Here's one. This looks good. Actually, this looks good. The navy blue suitcase. Okay, well, I've got to start there with dark practices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not good. No. <laughs> Jane's a sensible woman with strong arms and broad shoulders, yet there's a softness about her, shown in the fleeting blushes that regularly cross her fair skin and in the way she fusses over her two young daughters. Perhaps in England I wouldn't have sought out her company, but in Mauritius, where I don't know anyone, I'm glad to have her as a friend. Our husbands work together. Well, that's lovely. There's a woman speaking. You didn't tell me this. We, our husbands work together. We arrived at the same time, found houses, and both hired maids. I chose Manty, or, or rather she chose me. Jane's maid is of African descent, tall, stately, with skin the colour of ripe chestnuts. Is that enough? That is so good. <laughs> and look, honestly, like I said, as we were just discussing that, and I walked through the library to find this book um, by, I can't find out who has written it, um, but uh, thank you very much. Clem Fechner, I'm going to put uh, all the links uh, in my socials so people can, if they want to uh, become a narrator for the uh, Queensland Narrating Service, they can get in contact with them and where they can actually download these uh, audio books. That would be great. Mate, thank you so much for taking the time to speak thank to us you. today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. As I said, I do love your voice and you have the perfect voice for it. And uh, look, uh, everyone, if you uh, want to donate even, I guess there's uh, links there to where you could donate maybe to the Queensland Narrating Service. They certainly would accept donations. Yes. They um, had a number of people who were regular donators. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, if you've got a, a few uh, spare dollars, make sure you do that. Um, Clem uh, Fechner, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you. When we travel through the region, we choose to drive with our partner, Bill Holcar Centre your Subaru and Mazda dealer. This is the Mark II Review.